0: Ah, the official end of summer. The school bell is ringing and parents everywhere celebrate. Conrad, when do
1: your kids go back to school? Well, out in the Pacific Northwest, we wait until September. So while I'm seeing all these beautiful pictures of all these perfectly dressed and well-coiffed kids going off to their first day of school, my kids are still running around out in the backyard with their shoes off. So we've got a little ways to go. But I was thinking about the back-to-school season, and there's a great opportunity right now. Like like I'm, We're always looking for ways for lawyers to do well in the community and, and be recognized for that. There are teachers right now in low-income school districts who are funding your kids or their students' classroom supplies, and that is a travesty. And this is a really easy way for lawyers to walk in, sponsor a grade, sponsor a baseball team, sponsor you know an, an individual teacher, because you've got to love teachers, right? And this is a great way to just get into the community, be recognized, do some good work, and make a real difference. And it's easy.
0: Yeah, and so, well, in so many communities, like, a school is a central meeting place. You know, it's key to local communities in so many communities. And so, you know, right now, the energy's up, right? The kids are all frustrated because summer's over. But parents <laughs> and teachers and community folks coming together in the school, I think it's a, a natural place for uh, relationship building um, in the local community. So, great tips there, Conrad. What else are we talking about today? We,
1: as usual... Legal marketing news for the week. There's some cool stuff. We've got a little bit of an inside track on one of those pieces. This is going to be an episode about LinkedIn. We have not talked much about LinkedIn to our detriment, but we're going to get deep on LinkedIn. We're going to talk about kind of the dirty, ugly underbelly of LinkedIn, as well as how to do LinkedIn right and some tactical tips on how to make that work for you. Before we get there, we're going to listen to some tunes.
0: Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fad stacks for your legal
1: practice, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome, everyone, to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. We've got a great episode for you today, but first... Let's do some news. All right. Let me scare the pants off of everyone right now. Amazon announced that it will be offering mental health support through a partnership. But Amazon now providing mental health support services, right? This is moving very, very close into the professional services world. We will. I'm very lucky. that There's a couple of fortuitous parts to this. Number one is I moved to the Seattle area, which is the headquarters of the big A. And number two, I did that right out of business school in 2000 when a bunch of my friends started at Amazon, many of whom spent more than 20 years there. And we're going to, at some point, try and get content and an episode from them to talk about what would happen if Jeff Bezos ran a law firm. Okay. So that was my insider track. The real insider track that we have is from your inside source at the American Bar Association. ABA sides against opening law firms up to new competition. Gee, what's going on here? Talk to me about the ABA and uh, their thoughts on protectivism. Oh, wait, did I say that? Well,
0: <laughs> protectionism, but I don't speak for the ABA. I just happen to have the great privilege of serving, currently serving as the chair of the tech show. And so, you know, there have been a lot of conversations, even even before this year. I mean, this is obviously an ongoing thing. But the point that you're making in the news item here is is that the ABA has sided against the opening up law firms to new competition by reaffirming their very long-held position that non-lawyer ownership of law firms is inconsistent with the core values of the legal profession. Despite the ABA's position on this, we know states are already some states are already moving forward with whether it's uh, removing rule five point four, updating some of their uh, regulatory sandbox schemes. And, you know, look, again, I don't speak for the ABA. But I will say that there are a lot of different voices at the ABA on this. And so I think it's important for people to remember that, you know, even though the ABA, you know, they vote on these things and it comes out with this position kind of twofold. One is, is that in my view of it, my perspective, there are more voices in the, hey, we, we should reconsider this camp than there have been in a while And two, the market is moving forward with or without the ABA, right? The consumers are looking for the end arounds and there are lawyers who are innovating around this. And so this is going to continue to be a big issue. My take is, is that if you're in this like, oh no, it's lawyers are bust. You're going to be in trouble over the next five, 10 years. And you know, I, Parallels with your original news item about, you know, Bezos coming into law as well. Yeah. Big four getting into law. I mean, to me, the ship's kind of sailed, but it is what it is. And finally, last news item, our good friends
1: over at Lead Docket released some awesome new automation, right? Lead Docket has been, I want to say it was one of the earliest sophisticated intake management software, and it's great to see them continuing to innovate and bring more features to their clients. But the focus on automation is not a surprise for me. If you are a Lead Docket client, you have probably been hit up already to view the demo. I got a sneak peek on that. It is really slick. So check out the automation coming out of Lead Docket. For now, we're gonna throw it a break. We're gonna talk about people that are not named Lead Docket, but do service the legal marketing industry. Learn by doing with
0: Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite
1: CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free.
0: And once again, it is time for one of our favorite segments, the Legal Trends Report Minute brought to you by Clio. So here's an interesting thing. Legal Trends report says that growing law firms are twice as likely to use firm reporting tools. One of the biggest differences in technology adoption among growing firms from the study is their use of firm reporting tools. Reporting tools analyzed for this report offer insights into key business metrics, such as revenue generation, bill collection, and productivity. The takeaway from this data is that growing firms are more likely to increase their revenues because they have access to the information and insights that help them assess how their business is performing, which also allows them to focus more attention on planning for additional ongoing growth over the long term. You know... It made me think about conversations we have with lawyers all the time, right, Conrad? Like, what are you measuring? How are you benchmarking against other firms? Like, the only way to do that is to have the tools in place to actually report on that information, right?
1: Well, and I look at it this way. I've been thinking about this a lot. The growing law firms have typically a person who is becoming less of a lawyer and more of a CEO. And this is exactly what you're seeing here. And I don't want to say that that's the way it should be for, in fact, that's not the way it should be for all law firms. Having said that, the aggressively growing law firms have people who are adopting this CEO mindset. And that requires, I mean, this is just basic fundamental business metrics, it's an understanding of productivity, right, that they talk about. It's an understanding of fundamentals of accounting. It's an understanding of how we're doing on recruiting. It's an understanding of what our cash flow looks like, right? So all of these things become really, really... It's obvious... That the growing firms are operating more like a business. Check, check, right back to our conversation about what if Jeff Bezos ran a law firm, right? These, like, none of this is a surprise, but the growing literacy among the leaders of growing law firms in terms of their business understanding and acumen and ability to manage a firm as if they were a business leader as opposed to a lawyer who happened to be at the head of the pyramid.
0: Yep, and if you want to get in on the uh, benchmarking study that uh, Conrad's putting together, uh, hit him up because we'd love to include you in that data as well. To learn more about these opportunities and much more, for free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Cleo spelled C-L-I-O. All right, moving on.
1: We're going to our LinkedIn session. And we're gonna be talking all about LinkedIn. We're gonna start with my favorite type of topic, how to do LinkedIn really, really poorly. And then we're gonna move into the positive. So we're gonna talk about, well, <laughs> I have to read it from the show notes. I can't come up with a better title, guys. This is called LinkedIn Fuck-Ups. Oh, get the explicit tag out. Get the explicit. Not mm. safe for children. NC-17, LinkedIn Fuck-Ups followed by LinkedIn Awesomeness. I've been looking at this title, trying to come up with a better way to say this, but the, no, we're gonna talk about this. The first thing, Gee, that I see people do poorly with LinkedIn, and this is this is really obvious to SEOs, but most lawyers are missing the boat on this, is the profile that they've so carefully curated and written and spent time hemming and hawing over the right words that they put on their website. They just cut and paste that onto their LinkedIn profile.
0: Gross. What's the SEO problem with this? Copy and pasting your well crafted bio. Yeah. I mean, you're you're competing with your own site, just creating a duplicate page.
1: Yeah, duplicate content, right? So, and LinkedIn does an amazingly good job at ranking for name search. But as soon as you copy and paste yourself into your own LinkedIn profile, you're now competing with yourself. And one or two of those, well, one of those sites is not going to show for your name search. Huge, huge problem because you control what's in LinkedIn. And that's a great opportunity to actually really shine when people are doing that kind of online vetting process for that offline referral, right? LinkedIn's better at name search than anything. It would be my take,
0: right, Guy? You disagree? Uh, well, Google business profiles are pretty good too. But yeah. if you're counting that, I don't know if you count that one. And then exact match on your domain of your own domain is a good one. But yes, LinkedIn, otherwise a social platform for sure. LinkedIn is coming up for name search, you know, and really I think under this whole segment and maybe not so much on the profile stuff, but to me, like some of the biggest mistakes that lawyers are making on LinkedIn is focusing on like gaming the platform versus like actually trying to like connect with people, share information and it takes us to this idea of engagement pods, which we'll put a link in to walk you through it. But short version is I agree to post on your stuff. You agree to post on mine or comment on mine. And we'll try to increase each other's engagement. You get enough enough people doing this. You know, LinkedIn wants to surface posts that have the most engagement. Of course, the problem is, is that these pods, these engagement groups, they just, one, they're like, you know... It's quid pro quo posting and commenting and engagement. Like you're not really there to actually engage. And so it comes out in the comments. So you see, we just had this conversation, Conrad, myself, and a couple other folks on LinkedIn, where, you know, you see a post that's something like productivity is so important to me. And then like the comments are like inspirational or like, you know, 20 great posts, like literally the same thing over and over. And when you, when you see the same people getting this kind of engagement over and over again, it becomes so obvious that it's just manufactured and it just immediately loses authenticity. So, you know, can it be done more seamlessly? Maybe, but again, I'm just overall, like once I see that the damage is done, it just, it just seems so fake, you know, it's like back to like blog post commenting or something. (laughs) But I mean, the, the the issue here, Guy, is
1: it seem it's so obviously fake to you and I, right? And I think right. these engagement pods go even worse. I think that there is, and I've I've seen this where it is just a a circle of people, right? A pod of people. Someone else is logging into each of those accounts, and then they're just copying, pasting the same exact comments, and it just rotates the same same comment showing up on different people's uh, comments right. within <laughs> so that ring over and over again. It's it's, it's, it's so awful.
0: You and and, us- and depending on what's the substance of the post and the comments, are it's arguable that you're in the misleading communications about a lawyer service misleading violation of rule oh. 7.1, right? Because you're like paying you said a lot of these are paid, right? So you're paying these people to be in this thing and you're trying to make it look like it's just this authentic commenting. And so, if you're like, I mean, I mean, it's a little maybe it's a little bit of a stretcher, but you know, if you post something like just got another great result for a client, and then a bunch of people you paid to say, nice job, and congratulations. It's like, well, those aren't really real, right? They're people you paid to write that stuff, so I don't know. Paid
1: reviews, paid comments. Boy, we we, right. we, we wallow in the mud, Guy. We need to take in a the... hot shower. Tell us about Beautiful Headshots, Conrad. This was a great Wall Street Journal article that came out. And I was kind of surprised by the commentary that came back on the, the The article on the Wall Street Journal was the perfect LinkedIn profile headshot, right? And photographers charging $1,000 or more. Many of the photographers cited were, were well over $1,000 for that perfect LinkedIn profile headshot. And I read this at the same time that I ran into two instances of law firm websites where Literally the head, they were decapitated photos. and the reason they were decapitated photos was because they were stock photos that clearly weren't the attorney and so you had to cut the attorney's head off. And not just misleading, just just it was so bad. So. <laughs> but, but the, the better alternative was to have literally decapitated attorneys like like they were all good looking people in suits, but like without a head. And so it, it, I was starting to think about like, how much would you pay for that headshot? And as we talk about positioning and differentiation and why you're special, I think if you can grab an image, that does an amazing job of capturing who you are, not the fact that you're a lawyer, right? You're not holding a freaking gavel. You're not on the courtroom steps with the Brooks Brothers suit and a Superman cape on behind you, right? But like capturing the who of who you are and being able to communicate your positioning in, as Malcolm Gladwell will call it, a blink of an eye, right? That is amazingly powerful. And to me, $1,000 is a, is a low cost that I would pay for that. I don't, I don't know what you think. I mean, it sounds like we're throwing money around here at, at photographers, but like that is so powerful.
0: Yeah. And, it, um, you know, it's one of the first things that everybody will tell you to do and is put it some kind of photo up there. Right. Cause the worst thing you can possibly have is just like the generic, like it's, it just shows that you're not even on LinkedIn. Right. And I, it's weird. Cause I'll see people that are actually posting on LinkedIn with just the LinkedIn avatar thing, like the empty profile thing, and I what you until doing? this conversation, I thought it was the worst thing you could do. But probably worse to have a crop stock photo of somebody else as your profile. So you're it's probably better to do nothing if you're gonna do stock photos or gavels or poorly cropped images. But yeah, I mean, you know, this it forms an impression in people's minds about you, and, and you know whether you like it or not. Like people go look you up there; it comes up for name search. We've seen the horror stories with images, but it seems like a good investment. I mean, it's no different than investing in anything else you're doing to make a presentation to a client or potential clients. It's your, your, uh, for lack of repeating myself in a better word, it's your avatar out there. So um, definitely worth investing in. I would say at
1: the very least, go hire a starving wedding photographer to come in midweek and shoot the firm, right? Um, Yeah. It's so worth it. The imagery is just absolutely worth it.
0: Yep. Same with the um, cover imagery as well, right? Some of the cover imagery is just like you know people try to put their logos in there and they're just not formatted right, and it just you know it's, that's not. A when great you way say to do cover it. imagery, what do you mean? So behind, if you're looking at a profile, there's a place to add an image. Oh that, yeah yeah that, yeah sorry. Yeah yes,
1: we're, we're still on the LinkedIn side of things. Yeah. Oh yeah, Th- I thought we were talking about. No, LinkedIn. but but think think about like. <laughs> I I thought you were referring to a hero image on a site, but no. But think about oh, that no. that that background that you can put up on LinkedIn. There's so much you right. can communicate with that. I have a logo of Mockingbird, right? I could probably do a lot more to talk about the positioning of Mockingbird
0: with that cover imagery, right? Yeah, and and check it out on both your. Uh, I mean, mobile device really really important because again, a lot of people are accessing LinkedIn on an app. And so if it, even if it looks right in your browser, on your desktop, make sure you're checking it on mobile because it doesn't always crop right. And so spend some time on that because all of your awesome positioning might get lost if it gets uh, formatted improperly on mobile.
1: All right. Now that we've crapped on LinkedIn, let's take a break. But when we return, do these things to crush it on LinkedIn. And just a reminder, if you're interested in that benchmarking report, benchmarking your firm against hundreds of other law firms by practice area, check out MockingbirdMarketing.com slash benchmark. You can sign up right there.
0: All right. Now let's talk crushing LinkedIn. And we'll uh, drop a couple profiles probably in the show notes of folks we think are doing well. But one person that comes to mind right away, and I know you're a big fan of hers as well, is Rookie to Johnny. I mean, she does such amazing, like just go look at her, her profile and her post. And I think a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about will start resonating, but let's talk. Conrad, what things do you see lawyers doing really well on LinkedIn?
1: Well, I think I'm going to start with this very simple thing. And Rookie is a great example of this she lets the who she is come out so beautifully and so genuinely. And frankly, she is one of the more positive people I've ever met in my life. And that just like, it just comes out of her LinkedIn profile and that I'm not hiring a lawyer anymore. I'm building a relationship with someone who like, I I want to be around. And I think she does a really good job on that. The counterpoint on that is like, no one reads your resume even those recruiters don't read the full resume and the job of linkedin is not to be that full resume repository it's to let who you are come out and you can do that if you think a little bit outside of the box so i would really kind of lean into letting who you are why you went to law school like all of those things come out in her profile and it's it's just it's 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 inspirational and it's it's not that hard cuz most of you have a good story behind there right most of you do
0: yeah the first thing that I usually think about, beyond just like the profile basics, is the headline, because to your point about it's a blink—you don't have much time. You're not going to read the whole resume, but you literally, if you, and if you if you're on, if you're listening to this and you got your phone, you got LinkedIn on your phone, just go in uh, into LinkedIn and go look at a profile and see the limited real estate you've got. But the headline is the thing, right? Are you telling? your audience or your connections, who you help, how you help them, why you're uniquely qualified to help. If those three things don't jump out in that headline, that's the first place that I would start in terms of optimizing your profile.
1: All right. I'm going to go back to what you and I grew up on professionally. LinkedIn is an algorithm. And in the same way that, and and this, this happens on most of the social networks as well, but like You need to understand that you are playing with and dealing with an algorithm. And that means that you need to monitor how things are performing, test how things are performing, try and understand how the algorithm works, approach this from a, in fact, speaking, this is funny this all comes together. ABA Tech Show, Rookie Tajani, Conrad Sam and Guy all on the same topic. We did actually Rookie and I put together a proposal to talk about using data to make decisions on how you are using your uh, social media and what you're tactically doing with social media. So so that's what I'm talking about here. These algorithms change over time and you need to look at your success and data to support your success or failures with what you're doing to evaluate how you're doing with LinkedIn. I will tell you this, I am fairly certain About 10 days to two weeks ago, there was a fundamental shift in the LinkedIn algorithm that has really changed the reach, the way your reach actually evolves on LinkedIn. And that happened within the last two weeks. No one's talking about this stuff, right? No one's thinking about this, but I'm seeing it in the numbers that we've been looking at because we look at the numbers. And if you don't look at the numbers and you're just throwing stuff up there, you won't learn the algo. So think about learning this as an algo, just like we talk about the search algos.
0: And, and speaking of measuring, there's a, a tool called Shield App. I think it's shieldapp.ai yes. that has much more robust reporting on things like engagement and reach and all this kind of stuff. that You can get out of LinkedIn, but it, it just it takes, makes it a lot it's easier. It's brutal. It, it is brutal. It's, and I think it's like $39
1: a year or something like that. Shield App is, if you're spending a lot of time on on LinkedIn, We'll put it in the
0: show notes, but it is a really good resource. And I'm surprised, you know, not this is a subject for another day, but I, I Microsoft bought this thing and it just, se- I thought this was gonna be like an instant rebuild. And it's just the underlying technology just seems so problematic. But anyway, the next big thing, there's kind of like two, it's twofold for me, is the featured content area. And using featured content to highlight video of you, again, talking about why you practice, who you help, why you're uniquely qualified. Like this is your opportunity to do your intro. You can do it also as a uh, profile video. Um, so if someone clicks on your profile photo, you can create a little video. I think that's effective too. But the truth is, is that a lot of people don't click on those, but the featured section, commands a lot of real estate on your profile. And so uh, pinning stuff to, whether it's, you know maybe it it can be anything from client testimonials if those are permissible in your state. It can be video of you talking about uh, what you do, why you do it. It can be uh, posts, you can highlight posts that you've, if you just text posts, might be awards that you've won. But you know, the same things you talk about in terms of credentialing and validating your expertise on your website, that's the place to do it on LinkedIn.
1: All right. Next tip for me is do a four-to-one ratio on outreach versus posting. And by the way, I am guilty of this, but spend a lot more time talking to other people, commenting on other people, identifying other people, connecting with other people, debating with other people. I, I had a, a great argument this morning on LinkedIn with a really good friend, and he's wrong. Um, but that's where the relationships happen. Right? And so if you are just posting regularly, you're over investing in the content creation. We talk about this all the time. We talk about this with blogging too. like it's not content marketing, it's marketing content. And so I have a strong belief that you should be spending basically a 4 to one ratio on connecting with people and commenting. and, and by connecting, I do not mean blowing out, you know every LinkedIn recommends you might know this person, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of deeper relationships, targeted relationships, relationships that you're going to put time into developing as opposed to, you know, increasing your follower account or increasing those fake comment accounts, right?
0: Right. And so, Conrad, you mentioned something uh, there that I think a lot of folks don't even realize the distinction between, which are connections and following, right? So instead of going out and, and just mass connecting and making connection requests with people you don't know. If you get somebody's name, or you meet somebody, but you're not really, you're just at the beginning of like kind of starting that relationship, you might follow them first. And then that will, when, when you start following them, their content will show up in your feed. And then maybe you start engaging with some of their posts, right? So you like stuff that they're writing, or maybe you have something, a comment to leave. But I mean, we see this happen all the time where the connection goes from follow to connect. And so many times for me, I'll start with the follow and engage with their posts without even uh, requesting a connection. And then they'll request the connection from me right. because they're like, oh, I see that you're actually engaged. And so it's a much more natural, authentic way to connect. So check out the following. And you know, again, the same thing we would talk about in any other context, like look for the folks who are good referral sources, look for people you know in your local community. Like those are the people that I think that you really just make and it depends on your practice. But if you're a, a local lawyer serving a local community, find because those most people. Most you communi- are. Yeah. Finding those community influencers, for lack of a better word, uh, community leaders uh, on LinkedIn and uh, engaging with them. It's a great way to, to stay top of mind over a longer period of time without, you know, and it just feels totally natural.
1: Here's yeah. the
0: next one for me. You
1: need to realize that LinkedIn wants you to stay on LinkedIn. Right. And play their game. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Play their game. So for example, if you link out to a YouTube video that's going to take someone away from LinkedIn, LinkedIn probably doesn't like that. Having said that, the right way to do that is to have video live on LinkedIn. I do this almost every morning now. LinkedIn, Facebook, run that live, right? And so they're much more happy to have people sitting there watching Conrad talk or whomever talk on the LinkedIn platform than over YouTube, right? And so that's a great way to play the
0: algorithm and play
1: nice with your host, LinkedIn.
0: Right. And then, you know, another dovetail on that one, it's not just the links to videos, not just YouTube, but really Mm -hmm. links in posts as well. So if you just share a link in a post, um, there've been a bunch of studies around this. And I I think, as you mentioned, Conrad, there, I think they're trying to fix this a little bit because people are trying to take so much advantage of it. But for now, the understanding and a lot of the research that's been done, if you have a post that you want to write about something or use an image and you don't include the link, you add the link as a comment on the post, you get more reach. Now and this is kind of one where it's like, eh, I could go either way on it. I mean, I get the idea of reach, but from a user experience, it's very frustrating to terrible. just see the image, right? And then have to go find the link in the comments, right? right. Especially if it's a, a thread that has a lot of comments and the, the comment with the link gets pushed down. But, you know, balancing gaming algos and providing a better experience for the people you engage with, you have to kind of find a balance there, I suppose. And I, I've done it both ways, I mean, I would say we are religiously put the link in the comments. Right? Yeah. I mean, um, you want that reach? Gotta get that reach. Gotta get the reach.
1: Play the game, right? Yeah. Cause it works. What else you got? I got nothing.
0: I got one more. Go. This is kind of like the more, I don't know. It's not really philosophical, but I guess it's more like concept or tactical, but you know, you'll see this all the time. The LinkedIn police, like don't post your personal stuff on LinkedIn. Oh my God. And I'm like, so that's just all wrong. First of all, post whatever you want. But I do think that part of the authenticity and part of the getting to know people is letting who you are shine through. And so, you know, whether you want to celebrate a family member or something that's gone in your personal life or you want to share something beyond just like your work stuff, I think that that's, and guess what? You know what you see? that stuff tends to get the most engagement. Um, now, sometimes Except you the for engagement. Yeah, puppies, number one. But sometimes you get the, you know, the LinkedIn police that come by. And and again, if you feel that way, that LinkedIn is not Facebook and should be only work stuff, we'd love to hear from you. You can go comment on my posts on LinkedIn and tell me how I'm wrong. But, you know, again, if you really think about the value of the tool, the value of the tool is a connecting tool. And I can't tell you how many times we're like, I'll post something. You know, I try to loosely like tie it back to work stuff, right? Like if I'll have my toddler on my lap and I'm at work. So it's like, okay. But the point is, is that guess what happens? People will send me messages, send me emails hey, congratulations on your whatever trip that you went on with your family. It looks like it was a really good time. Like People are watching that stuff and it's sticking with them better than just if you're just like productivity hack number 755, right? Anyway, this in the kind of final tip there. Be yourself. Let your, just like you Be would in other marketing materials. Let your authentic self come through. And if you disagree with us, You're welcome to join
1: LHLM where Guy and Connor will exoriate you for your misguided thoughts.
0: Yes, and we'll send you a stock image of a gavel that you can use on your headshot because. (laughs) No, but the point here is like. You obviously are the expert. We started this talking about Rookie, and
1: for me, the fact that she's a trademark lawyer. I, like that's, that is such a, a a small part of who she is to me. And I don't, I don't know her that well, but like I've gotten to know her because she lets her personality shine through. She's a memorable person. Right. And if all I knew about her was her freaking resume from her carefully crafted LinkedIn profile and a corporate shot that gave out no personality, like we would not be talking about her right now. Right. And It's not that we're talking about her that's important it's the fact that she's memorable for a great reason that makes her awesome so if you get the linkedin police telling you not to you know what um, i've heard this like we can take this further don't talk politics don't do this don't do that like you know what i'll use this as an example i'll go the other side of this like i am adamantly not religious right and the people who are and and share that faith like it works for the right person, right? And it's not, its it, it works for the right person. Otherwise, you're just a lawyer without a personality. So be real. Be real. Don't let your LinkedIn be beige.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, dear listeners, for dropping in for another episode of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you just landed here because someone randomly said, check this podcast out because it's terrible, please do subscribe on your favorite podcasting subscription service. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So whether you find our emails or send us messages, my DMs are open on Twitter, so you can hit them hard. Uh, We want to hear what you'd like to hear. If you've got ideas for topics, and if you have feedback, please do remember to leave reviews because... It warms our little Lunch Hour Legal Marketing hearts. Until next time, Gian Conrad, Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, farewell. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
1: That, that's the wrong one. No, that's wow. perfect, you actually. You can't do taps, taps and back to school. That's, what my kids, that's exactly what you're channeling my children. We might need to keep this in. So for the dear listener, we had planned on doing a back to school intro. Uh, Adam unintentionally added taps, which my daughter who does play the trumpet is probably if she were to, to thematically add music to her feeling about going back to school, that is exactly what would happen.
0: <laughs> All
1: right. There's our, there's our Easter egg. One more time here. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.